0: God speaks to us in his word from Mark 11:27 through 12:12. 12, 12. And they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking into the temple, the chief priests and scribes and elders came to him, and they said to him, "By what authority are you doing these things, or who gave you this authority to do them?" Jesus said to them, "I will ask you one question, answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man?" answer me. And they discussed it with one another saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And he began to speak to them in parables. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed, he had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said one to another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had not told the parable, for he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: If you would, bow your heads with me. Father, Lord, and Master, we come to you once again, seeking your face, asking that your word be true, that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. So Father, right now, allow your spirit to fall fresh in this place. Speak to us, O Lord. Hide me beneath your cross allow all men to see Jesus high and lifted up. It was Jesus who declared, if I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O my strength and my redeemer. And the people of God all said, Amen. Grace and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We greet you from the Union Missionary Baptist Church, the church where we're preaching, reaching, and teaching the love of Christ. I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge my own, and so I want to ask the beloved Union Church, if you would stand so we can encourage you right now. All right. (laughs) Certainly God bless you thank you for making your pastor feel all warm and fuzzy inside, amen. And so I would be also remiss if I did not acknowledge the love of my life for 30 years now, or 30 plus years, and my beautiful wife, the quintessence of my effervescence. She still makes me feel bubbly after all these years. Wave your hand. Danielle Fields, my beautiful wife, my bride. My baby and my boo, amen. Amen. (laughs) Certainly in the absence of uh, Pastor Ben Hill, who is my good friend, I think he planned it this way. I'm going to have to call him on that because he left me some tough scriptures to rightly divide. Uh, So we'll we'll have that discussion on the back porch, amen. And so certainly you all be in much prayer for him. I know he's not feeling well, but God is able and he is a healer. This text of scripture suggests that some things are taught and other things are caught. I say that because really what we see is that mentors matter. Mark, John Mark, is a mentor to us as Gentiles and as good Christians. He pens these 16 chapters of the Gospel of Mark to mentor Gentiles in this way. He, he lays out first in chapter number one through eight who Jesus is as Messiah. Is there in chapters eight, 27 through chapter 10 that he clarifies why there's confusion around Christ being the Messiah. He, he closes out the book in chapters 10 through 16 with this ideal of how Jesus is our Messiah, how he is our Savior. And so mentors really do matter because indeed some things are taught and other things are caught. Uh, There's a wonderful mentorship program that I get to participate in as the superintendent of Central Oklahoma Juvenile Center. It's called Man Up. We challenge the young men who have some misdemeanor and felony-laden ideals of what it is to be a man. Uh, we present some character traits to them. We talk about being self-controlled, being responsible. Uh, we talk about all types of character traits but there's one character trait that continually causes confusion for these young men. It's that ideal of authority. Why is it that they wrestle, and sometimes even we wrestle, with this ideal of authority? Authority, too often, is given away Taken away, or some believe that there's no way to really have authority. The New Testament word for authority is exousia, meaning rightful, actual, unimpeded power to act. All of us have the power to act. But I want to be clear about this. Even as Hezekiah Walker, the songwriter, declared about this exusia power, he said, and is plain, that power belongs to God. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow by day. I am persuaded, come what may. And now, trouble behind me, I've got great joy before me. Power, get this, belongs to God. Uh, That's the problem in the text is that these Jewish leaders have not accepted the God-shaped power of Jesus. You see it in the text. They asked the question, by what authority? Really, they're saying, who do you think you are? What power? What exousia? Gives you the right. The Message Bible put it like this. I really like the way Eugene Peterson put it. He says, uh, they, they're saying to Christ, to Jesus, show us your credentials. Who authorized you to speak and to act like this? Really, that's where I need to park for preaching on this morning. Uh, I, if I were to tag this text, I would refer to it as Christ's Credentials. They want the Redeemer's resume. These Jewish leaders should have already recognized his resume. Uh, They should have seen it in that book called Genesis that gives us the beginning of all creation. They should have recognized that he is the one who reached into nothing and made something ex nihilo. They should have recognized. That he resembled his resume from Genesis 1 and 26, where God said, Let us, that plural pronoun, us, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all there when he said, Let us make man in our image. All uh, the truth of the matter is, is that they should have recognized, like the Apostle Paul, who declared this about the power. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Jesus power. Was so potent and I know that Pastor Ben preached it last week that he could curse a fig tree and it produced no more fruit. These scholars of the scripture are so-called should have recognized Christ's credentials Are contained in the Pentateuch the Old Testament the Torah and all 66 books of the Bible that you hold in your hand and in your smartphone from cover to cover they proclaim that he is Christ the anointed one these religious leaders didn't recognize and even rejected the power that Jesus possessed The chief priests had credentials, but they couldn't recognize Christ. The scribes had been to seminary, but they didn't know the Savior. The elders were experts in the word, but they would not worship God incarnate. They were overlooking the omnipotence of God. But here's what I like. I like the way Isaiah uh, gave Me and he'll give you a word of encouragement when you need to grasp God's power. Listen to what Isaiah said. He said he gives strength to the weary. And to him who might has lacked might, he increases power. The problem in the text here is that these religious leaders can't perceive the power belongs to God. Uh, the problem in the world really is, is that we reason to be right instead of to be righteous. Listen to verse 31, and they discussed it with one another. King James says it like this, they reasoned. And the religious leaders had questioned Jesus' credentials They've questioned who gave you the right to tell that leper, be thou clean. They've questioned his authority to tell the man who had palsy, uh, thy sin, be forgiven. They've questioned who gave you the power to tell that man with a bad hand. And some of us got a bad hand this morning. They questioned, how can you tell him, stretch forth his hand, and his hand was restored whole?" As the other. But here's what's really cool about my Savior. Check out what Jesus does when they question his credentials. They want to know what school he went to, they they want to know who the teachers were that he set up under, but he is the master teacher. And he questions their calling when they question his credentials. Is in verse 29 and 30. When your religion cannot find reason in the very face of the Redeemer, it's safe to say there's a problem. And they reasoned. That word reason is synonymous with our word deductive. In other words, they debated. They hypothesized about who John the Baptist was and his calling and his credentials and can I help somebody here today who is struggling uh, with wanting to be righteous and not just right? Well, let me suggest that you go to the rock of my salvation. Where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I turn to? when nobody wants to listen? Who, who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know he's able, I go to the rock. They're questioning his authority because they don't recognize he's able. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we could ask, or think he's able. Y'all go to the rock. Don't, don't just study the scriptures and our Savior like these chief priests, these elders, and these scribes who just want to be right. You have been in an argument with folks who just want to be right? We need Christians who will do inductive Bible studies that make us righteous. Yeah, inductive Bible studies. Bible studies that observe the scriptures, Brother Walker, and then they pray, Lord, help me see it. Inductive Bible studies that interpret the scriptures then pray, Lord, help me understand it. Inductive Bible studies that apply the scriptures and go away saying, Lord, help me live it. It's one thing to come to church. It's another thing to take and carry and make preaching portable as you leave this place and live it out in your life. Their deductive reasoning in this text causes them to look for a way to be right. They want to be so right that they lie to our Lord. They they, they say, we don't know. We don't know about the ministry of John the Baptist. And so they want to be right when their righteous savior is standing right before them. Listen to the words of our Lord to these religious leaders who want no relationship, they just wanna be right, and so Jesus rejects them. He says, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. When we reject Jesus' reasoning, we reject God's power in our lives. Too often we overlook the power of God, then we reasoned to be right instead of righteous. And so we've got to look at this text and understand that there's a twist as we look at chapter 12. It's there in verse number one that Jesus begins to speak unto them by parable. You know, parables are a problem for people who don't know God's power. Parables are about God's power to open blinded eyes to the blessings that come from heaven. Parables have been defined as earthly stories with heavenly meanings. This is what Jesus said when he was asked why he spoke in parables by the disciples. Listen to what he says. He says, only you can know the secret truths. that's believers, that's you, about God's kingdom. Those other people cannot know these secret truths. The people who have some understanding will be given more. That's you and me. And they will have even more than they need. Praise be to our God. But those who don't have much understanding, will lose even the little understanding that they have. Jesus says, this is why I use these stories, these parables to teach people. They see, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really hear or understand. Stay with me, don't go to sleep on me because I I, I want every believer this morning to see and to hear the goodness, the grace, and the glory of God in this parable. The good news in the text is that because and despite Israel's rejection, God still sends us a redeemer. He buys you back. From the penalty of sin. He pays the cost for you and for me. That is the good news in the text And Jesus nearly quotes the words of Isaiah verbatim in 5 1 and 2. He does it to spark the minds of these religious men who would have known Isaiah 5 1 and 2 by memory. It's in this parable that the Lord Of the vineyard is God." It's in this parable that the vineyard is Israel. The tenants of the vineyard, or these husbandmen, are the Jewish religious leaders. The servants are the prophets of God that God sent to Israel. Then the well-beloved, only son of the Lord of the vineyard is our Lord Jesus Christ. But Isaiah five and two says this about Israel and what God received from his vineyard. It says God only received sour grapes. You know, sour grapes set your teeth on edge Israel is sour grapes and now Jesus clarifies the sour grape metaphor in this parable for us this morning. He says sour grapes are the men and the women of Israel who kidnapped and committed assault and battery on God's servant in verse 3. Sour grapes are those batterers who tore the clothes and split the skulls of those prophets in verse number 4. Sour grapes were murderers and killers of the men God sent to minister to them in verse number five. Those sour grapes, pseudo-religious folk, caught up in church entity folk, while storming the capital, maimers and murderers set their hands still to take what belonged to our God and kill the Son and our Savior. How sad is that? That's bad news. But there's still a twist of good news in the text. God got some sour grapes from Israel, but the good news of God knew that there might be some good grapes from the Gentiles. That's you and me. My question to you this morning, are you good grapes or sour grapes? Listen to the words of the parable. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He'll come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. You're the others, I'm the others, We have access. The Lord of the harvest have given us as Gentiles a chance to be grafted into God's family tree. Now we can truly know what Jesus meant when he said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. We can understand that after Jesus has declared that he's come and he's allowed others into his family, When he's painted this powerful picture of the failures to recognize and the faulty reasoning, Jesus then uses the words of Psalm 118 and 22. He uses these words from the psalm as a crescendo of outright rejection of Christ's credentials. Listen to Jesus' quote Psalm 118.22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. I'm done when I tell you this story. Uh, The Jewish legend suggests that this uh, psalm has its legend and its origins in... Real life. According to that legend, the Temple of Solomon was being built. The masons had sent up a, from the quarry below a stone different in size and shape from all of the rest. Look at it, the builder said. There's no place for this stone. They must have made a mistake. So they rolled that stone down to the edge of the cliff and rolled it into the Kidron Valley below the temple area. As the time went by, because it took 10 years or seven years for the temple to be built, they were ready for this chief cornerstone. And when they asked for it, uh, they were told, we sent it up a long time ago. One of the workers said, yeah, yeah, I recall it now that there was a stone altogether different from the rest and we thought that there was no place for it so we rolled it down into the valley below. Men were then sent down into the valley to find the stone. They succeeded in doing so. And when the stone was brought up, it fitted perfectly Into his place, the headstone, the chief cornerstone of the temple. That is the good news in the text. You can still find the chief cornerstone Jesus, our Savior. Someone may be wondering where do I find him? Where do I go when I need a shelter? Where do I go when I need a friend? Can I tell you where I go? I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When all earth around me is sinking sand on Christ, the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. All I want to suggest to you this morning is seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we spent together. Father, we pray that you have touched hearts, that you've encouraged, that you've conformed us to your very image. Father, you are the potter, and we are the clay. Make us after your will. Father, we pray now for this time of communion that you would bless this bread, that you would benefit this wine, bread representative of his broken body, wine representative of his shed blood blood shed for you and for me. Blood that pierced and flowed from his side. Father, we thank you. We thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time of preaching. Now draw us ever closer to his precious bleeding side and the mighty matchless and merciful name of my master, Jesus the Christ, the people of God all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.